0: What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Matt is going to be joining me today to recap week two of the NFL season. We're going to talk about all of the 2-0 teams and all the 0-2 teams. What's a mirage? What's real? Who can bounce back from 0-2? We have that super famous stat where only 31 out of 270 teams to ever start 0-2 made the playoffs after that start, and there are some teams that are Mighty concerned right now because they had high hopes this season. But before we get to the NFL and week two, I wanted to talk about my favorite baseball team, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, And I know we don't talk a lot of baseball on this podcast. And if you guys are here specifically just for football, you can fast forward about like five, seven minutes and join us on the other side of the music. But my favorite team, the Boston Red Sox, uh, my favorite sports team, Actually, ahead of the Patriots, Kings, and Bruins, fired their general manager, Heim Bloom, this past week. And there's been a lot of discussion, kind of a lot of back and forth about whether it was the right move or not. So I wanted to give my two cents before we jump into football for the week. Uh, I thought this was the right move at the right time for this organization. Uh, the Sox brought in Heim Bloom in 2020 with two major goals. The first was to rebuild the depleted farm system. Uh, if you don't remember, Dave Dombrowski was the GM before Heim Bloom. He had depleted the farm system to give us the greatest year in the history of the Boston Red Sox, 2018. But the farm system needed to be rebuilt for the future of this organization. Uh, goal two was to field a competitive team in the major leagues while also resetting the luxury tax. So they'd been paying the tax for a while. There is a penalty for going over the tax for a certain amount of years in the in a row. Management tasked him with not only getting under that tax, but also fielding a competitive major league team. Is that fair? You can debate that, but there are plenty of other organizations that are doing that almost every single year. In my opinion, Haim Bloom failed both of these tasks. I think a lot of Red Sox fans would disagree with me, uh, at least on rebuilding the farm system, because undoubtedly the farm system is in a much better place than it was when he, he took over. Uh, I will give him credit. He's done a great job drafting. He's brought in a lot of young guys and talent into the farm system that I really like. Uh, Marcelo Mayer, Kyle Teal, who we just drafted, just to name a few. And they've called up some guys who have contributed uh, almost right away. You know, they called up Brian Bello, who I love. I've been adamant that he's a homegrown star. Uh, really excited about that. So drafting and developing, I think, has been Heim's strength in his tenure with the Boston Red Sox. However, I think he had multiple opportunities to put this farm system into elite territory, and he missed. And that's where my big gripe is for him building up this farm system. So he gets the Boston Red Sox job, and his first thing that he's tasked with doing by ownership is trading Mookie Betts, which, again, credit to Bloom, that's an awful situation and just an awful thing to have to do your first day in the job to have to trade a homegrown perennial superstar, like literal MVP winner, MVP candidate again this year, actually, who's uh, got one year left on his contract. You're not getting the type of offers that you would typically get for a guy of that caliber, especially because he's looking for a big deal. COVID's coming. Like there's a lot of weird factors going into the Mookie Betts trade. He basically got nothing back. Like that trade is a major F. I think you could give it a D at best if you really like Verdugo and Wong that much. He gets Jeter Downs, Alex Verdugo, and Connor Wong from the Dodgers. They had to DFA Jeter Downs because he's so bad and can't play at the major league level. Verdugo has been a clubhouse problem. He had an attitude before we traded for him. People didn't love him uh, when we acquired him. And he's played well for the last couple years, but he's been a pain in the ass. This season, he's likely not going to be with this franchise that much longer. Wong, I like he's a good prospect, you know, he's done pretty good as a catcher. He's not great. He's not the type of prospect that you would be seeking in a deal for Mookie Betts. So bad return there. On top of that, if you didn't know this part, the original return was going to include a relief pitcher or a pitcher named Bruzar Gratterall who I, I'm probably saying that wrong, but Gratterall was like pretty much the initial return along with Verdugo for bets and people lost their minds. They couldn't believe that was all we were getting back. And they basically, you know, the trade gets held up because of physicals and they use that to leverage a different deal. Well, the Dodgers end up taking on Gratterall and sending Kente Medea to the twins in return. And <laughs> Gratterall is fucking amazing. Uh, You know, I know ERA is an outdated stat for a lot of baseball nerds, but uh, 1.3 ERA through 62 innings for the Dodgers this season. So looking back on that trade in retrospect, the Dodgers give up Medea, Wong, Verdugo, and Jeter Downs. They get Mookie Betts, perennial MVP candidate, and Gratterall, who's an amazing relief pitcher for them. Uh, And they have to take on David Price's contract for like two years. Oh, no. LA, one of the biggest markets in sports has to take on a contract to get back two incredible players, Uh, one of the best players in the league, and then an awesome relief pitcher who the Red Sox could use because we can't pitch and we haven't been able to pitch for years. So, you know, Bloom got bullied into taking a different return, which already a sign of weakness, man. Like you got to stick to your guns, get your guy, uh, you know, and if he got guys like that, maybe he'd still be around, but he gets downs and Wong instead and uh only one of those guys is still with the organization it's only been you know 2 3 seasons so uh brutal there the second missed opportunity the continued missed opportunity and really the reason i wanted to record this part of the podcast because this is going to get lost to history when the good prospects that he that high bloom drafted and developed do start getting called up like mayor's going to get called up and he's going to be awesome and people are going to be like oh see we shouldn't have fired high bloom Iron Bloom let so many good players leave this organization without getting anything back for them. You know, last year, the Red Sox go into the trade deadline, uh, right? You know, they're competing for a wild card. They're doing okay, but not a super competitive team, probably not a team that's going to win a World Series. And instead of trading guys who are soon to be free agents, they sit on their hands and do absolutely nothing. Then in free agency, they let Alexander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Nathan Iavaldi, and Michael Wacha all go for nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's four of their top 10 players in war last season. Ivo uh, is a Cy Young candidate or was a Cy Young candidate until he got hurt this year for the Texas Rangers. He's been incredible. My dad and I went through the list of all of the players that Haim Bloom let go in the last couple of seasons without getting any return for them. And there's a lot of guys... Playing very well for other organizations. And we could have traded them at the trade deadline and got a return and got more prospects to add to this farm system. You know, and you would think that Haim would learn his lesson after last season. But then we come into this season and we're in the same situation. Red Sox are three games out of the wild card spot at the trade deadline. You have assets other teams want Paxton, Duvall, Justin Turner, and you do nothing because you're like, ah, I don't know, maybe we can compete. I guess we should just add a second baseman who's hitting 120 instead of actually doing something of consequence at the trade deadline one way or the other. So he does the same thing. He sits on his hands. These guys are going to leave in free agency again, and we're going to get nothing in return for them. And that pisses me off more than anything, because it was obvious at the time that we should have been dealing guys. They were not going to extend Bogarts, which is a whole nother debate on its own of just ridiculously, again, letting homegrown stars leave for nothing and signing guys like Trevor story for a shitload of money. And Trevor Story's played like all of three games for this organization. You know, you had also like Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, like guys who were really worth something at the trade deadline. He refuses to do anything because he thinks this team can compete, even though it was obvious to people like me that it couldn't and that it wouldn't. And what do you know? Here we are. A uh, month and a half later, this team is in last place again, lost three or four to the Yankees over the weekend, and Heim Bloom got fired because of it. You know, I think if he's smart enough to make those deals at the trade deadline last season and the trade deadline this season, we're talking about a top five farm system for the Red Sox, and now we're probably right outside the top 10, in my opinion. So, you know, he did a good job adding some pieces, but it could have been way, way better And instead, we lose a ton of really talented guys for absolutely nothing. That drives me insane. And I think it's going to get lost when guys like Marcelo Mayer come up. But I will remember that Bloom fucked us. Finally, you know, goal two was field a competitive team while staying under the luxury tax. Well, they did everything they needed to do to get under the luxury tax. But this team sucks. This is going to be their third last place finish in four seasons. Uh, Granted, the one season they didn't finish in last under Bloom. They went to the ALCS, which was an awesome run, really fun. End up getting knocked out uh, by the Houston Astros, but you can't finish last every other season when you're the Boston Red Sox. Like you can't have the payroll they have, you can't have the resources they have, and finish last. So, I don't think he was ready for that job. I think you know he might be a bit of a scapegoat for management to say like, "We're going to reset the luxury tax. We wanted to trade away Mookie Betts, and oh yeah, yeah, it's his fault. He's fired. He couldn't do the job." But In my opinion, he wasn't doing the job any way you look at it. Like, you could be pissed at management too. And maybe you should be, but Heim Bloom is not it. And I'm ready for them to bring in someone who is because now it's time to build. We have some assets in the farm system that you can call up or you can trade. You know, the Chris sales contract is going to be up after next season. You're going to have some of that money freed up. Like, it's time to start building this team again. And it's time to start competing for titles in Boston because we're fucking Boston and that's what we do. So, uh, that's it for your Boston sports fans, super biased segment. Uh, I'm probably going to bitch about the Patriots too. So, you know, you can listen to that portion coming up after we drop the music, uh, Matt is going to be on in just a minute to talk about week two of the NFL season. Let's go. (laughs) All right, Matt is here. Matt, I got to start off this section of the podcast by telling you that I I feel a bit guilty for two reasons. The first is that I subjected our listeners to about a 10-minute Boston rant before I brought you on to talk about football. Pretty sure that the rant ended in, we need to get back to competing for championships because we're Boston (laughs) and that's what the fuck we do. (laughs) So uh, we're going to lose about half of our listeners between this week and next week.
1: So that that's on
0: me, man. That's my bad. Always has been. Sometimes I take my podcasting hat off and I put my fan hat on when I'm doing the podcast. That was one of the moments, but uh, that section was more for me and my dad and this section is really more for everybody else. The second reason that I feel guilty today is because uh, you recently went on a podcast called Certified Beef, Friends of the Program, Brandon and Jack, Yep. to pick the records for every NFL team this yep. season. Uh and I messed up. I forgot to talk about it last week. I meant to mention it on the pod <laughs> last week. I even wrote it down in my notes. Didn't do it. Uh <laughs> Mia Coppola. That's my bad. But tell us about the <laughs> podcast because I listened to it and it seemed like it was a lot of fun.
1: Uh yeah. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. It was uh four, five other guys on there. Um it took quite a while I, it certainly is the longest uh single episode of podcasting that i've ever done uh but we had a lot of fun um there were definitely some strongly conflicting views uh at points in time but uh i feel good about where we stand because the loser has to uh, eat 10 blazing wings Uh, next year when they do it and uh it wasn't exactly great watching last year's loser do that as we're doing it so
0: (laughs) yeah i was gonna say don't leave out the best part here is that one of the guys Mm -hmm. while recording the podcast has to eat 10 like blazing hot buffalo wings from b-dubs like the hottest wings they have uh and it's hilarious listening to him try to like give his picks wow it was it was (laughs) rough It's so bad. And really what's at stake here is that if you came in last on that episode, then you and I have to go on the episode next year uh, and share an order of 10 of the wings. And if you know me, you know that I ordered like all my Thai food and Indian food miles (laughs) and that uh, if you lost that, it's not going to end well for us.
1: Okay. But here's the thing though, like Thai mild is still like pleasing.
0: It can be for sure. But yeah, I was talking to uh, Brandon who produces and stars on the podcast with his buddy Jack on certifying. He B- does star. Truly. And he was like, yeah, if Matt loses, uh, do you guys want to split the 10 wings or is he going to eat them all? I was, I was so tempted to just be like, oh, yeah, fuck that guy. He's eating them all. But
1: yeah, but I got you. back. Then I would have just been like. Yeah, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna hoodwink Adam into this somehow.
0: <laughs> I would have listened to the podcast and Matt would have been like, yeah, you know, Adam volunteered to eat all ten next season. Yeah. So. No, I got your back. We're this is a team team effort, so and I believe I, in you. I, I
1: feel you I feel good about our odds.
0: Yep. So uh certified beef, they also dropped a episode this week where the guys went over all of their hot and cold takes for the NFL this season uh storylines, like things they believe in. It it was pretty Mm -hmm. funny. They they're pretty funny uh couple dudes. So go check out Certified Beef. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Uh anywhere you listen to us, you can check them out. Plus it's like it's a killer podcast name.
1: Yeah. No, I'm I'm genuinely jealous of that one.
0: Yeah. I like they're Minnesota fans. I think they're from Minnesota. And I think you have to be from like the Minnesota, Wisconsin area to name your podcast Certified Beef. You don't get that in Michigan. I mean,
1: I think that would be the perfect name for a podcast that is like strictly about rivalries.
0: I yeah, I like that. Yeah. The other um the other thing I wanted to mention about their podcast is that they at the end of every episode give their gambling picks for yep. the week. Uh they also post those on their Instagram. I follow them on Instagram and I check those picks out every week. Matt and I were on the podcast last year, uh, gave our picks. Our picks went 0-4 <laughs> on the episode that <laughs> we gave them on. So I'm, I was glad that you got invited back because after that performance, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that we're going to be invited back on certified beef. Um, forgot to mention to those guys before we went on the pod and made gambling picks that uh, this podcast, fouled Out, is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel actually pays us to give bad gambling picks in order for you to lose money. That was, that was why we went on and what do you mean us? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you're getting paid. Yeah. I like, if I worked for FanDuel, that would be my viral marketing scheme is I would hire podcasters to like purposely give bad picks. I would like go to podcast host and be like, Hey, go on your podcast. Tell all your listeners that the Broncos are going to go nine and eight this season and get over that 8.5 number. No, they're, the certified beef picks are good, though. I don't want to give the impression that they're not. Those guys do a good yeah. job. So go check that out. All right, you and me got some things to talk about from week two of the NFL yeah. season.
1: Do, do you want me to do my soliloquy before or after?
0: <laughs> we can start that way. I, I was just going to start by saying that week two was a really rough week for the podcast uh the lions lose 37 to 31 at home in overtime to seattle uh the patriots flounder again at home in a 24 to 17 loss to Tua Tungavailoa and the miami dolphins uh now oh and five against the dolphins yeah. and uh mike mcdaniel basically shit on bill belichick <laughs> so not well, great start to the you, season for you us. left
1: out that we lost like five starters in that game yeah to injury like also not great. David Montgomery's gonna be out for like two to three weeks, and that is like the, the shortest term injury that we have.
0: Yeah. Not great. So not great week all around yeah. for us. But you know, we were able to enjoy the fact that uh both of both of both of our fantasy teams won. Uh yeah, we, we play in two leagues together, an East and a West League, and we won both of us won in both leagues this week by quite a lot. Uh, And we were also able to enjoy the Pittsburgh Steelers putting known sexual assaulter Deshaun Watson in the dirt last night. Yeah. Thanks in large part to someone that Matt would like to dedicate the next segment of this podcast to.
1: Look, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm not traumatized by watching Matt Canada's offense because like, I, I don't understand how he has a job, but uh, on the other side of the ball, my defensive player of the year pick, TJ Watt, is like just unbelievable. I, I, I don't know how he keeps doing this shit, and the fact that he is now the leading sacker in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization at twenty 28- eight years old is insane and like he missed seven games last year uh i think he missed two games each of the last two prior years the dude is a machine when he's on the field he is the best defensive player in football it's funny that people who
0: were high on pittsburgh this year talked about like oh look at last year they went you know 7 and 2 or whatever it was down the stretch yeah and the offense started coming on and like those people kind of ignored the fact that like Pittsburgh was good to start the season Watt gets hurt and they become bad and then yeah. Watt comes back and even though he's not 100% the team all of a sudden is like good again and goes yeah. 9 and 8 or 8 and 8 and 1 or whatever they were last season JJ Watt is just TJ he, he's i've i I'm just going to keep doing it. I do it every week. <laughs> TJ Watt. JJ Watt was also, you know, I could say all the same things about JJ Watt. I'm about to say yeah. about TJ, but the, the whole defense is completely different when he's on the field. Yeah. He's just that good. He's that type of player. And, like, there's, like, three to five of those players on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. in a season. You know, like, you could say that about, like, Micah Parsons has been that type of guy. Yeah. Donald. Uh, Aaron Donald was the next one yeah. yeah so there's not there's very few of those guys in the league and he's the best one in my opinion like he he just is the best yeah. defensive player when you text me and said that he became Pittsburgh's all-time leading sacker I was like that's not right he hasn't been in the league long enough to do that <laughs> sure enough man passes James Harrison uh, 28 years old and I he could yeah. double he doubled that
1: number even just in our lifetime, like Joey Porter had some pretty big sack years. Like he was routinely, I want to say putting up like around 10 a year and he had a long career to pass that guy. Like before you even hit 30 is pretty wild to me. Um, it's funny
0: too, because like Edge is surprisingly a position where you can kind of play for a long time, you know, because you go from being an every down guy to maybe being like a specialist, but you have yeah. guys like Dwight Freeney and Von Miller who were elite players like JJ JJ Watt. Elite players like yeah. TJ Watt is, uh, who have moved into different roles as they got later in their career but were still productive. Yep. You know, so TJ could possibly end up like in the top 10 all time by the time he's done before we go on to the next segment i want to read you a stat from last night's game that uh tickled me this was posted by podrick's Fallis on reddit killer name killer name uh deshaun watson lost 25 expected points from turnovers and sacks against the steelers last night this number is the bottom first percentile since 2018. Before the season started, we talked about takes that we've seen out there that we just don't believe in and don't understand. Mine was that Cleveland was going to be good. And I was like, I just don't yeah. think Deshaun Watson is good anymore. And like it honestly, you know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was like obviously better at golf than Deshaun Watson ever was mm-hmm. at football. But he yeah. has the huge scandal, really bad uh situation, you know, not as bad as Watson's, but still, you know, not comparing people doing awful things to other people. But has the whole scandal, comes back, and it's just never the same dude. I, I just kind of think that's where Watson is. It's just he's just never gonna yeah. be the guy he was before the trade. And it serves Cleveland right for trading all that stuff for him and giving him that massive contract. Like I'm I'm glad that he sucks and I hope that it hurts.
1: Like watching Deshaun play last night too, the only times he looked good was when Amari Cooper was running down the sideline on like a fade or something like that. And he just like kind of put it out there and let him go up and get it. If he was throwing the ball deeper downfield, it looks like a totally different guy. It's not like he's lost the ability to get the ball down there, but like, I don't, I'm, I'm not seeing a guy who can throw the ball downfield with precision.
0: Yeah. I I think he's lost it. I think that that's going to go down as a really, really bad trade for the Cleveland Browns. And I find that hilarious because the (laughs) Cleveland Browns are the true villains of the NFL. Like, they are. Everybody hates them. That's the team that everybody hates and roots against. Uh, and it'll be fun to watch them yeah. continue to not play well. But it,
1: it wasn't a great look picking up Kareem Hunt after all that. And then they went and did this.
0: They might bring Kareem Hunt back now, too.
1: Yeah. No, they, I mean.
0: That Chubb is, you know, Chubb's done yeah. for the season with one of the more brutal leg injuries that you will.
1: Still not going to watch it.
0: Don't. The legs are not supposed to like the rest of your body is going one direction and your leg is bending at 90 degrees the other direction. And it starts going at like an acute angle. I watched it in slow motion because ABC didn't even replay it after it happened. But the broadcast in the UK replayed it in slow motion. (laughs) It is brutal. Europeans are just blood hungry monsters replaying all that stuff. So so after week two. There's a very famous stat that gets thrown out there every year. Yep. Teams that start 0-2 in the history of the NFL, only 31 of the 270 teams have gone on to make the playoffs, and only three teams that have started 0-2 have gone on to win the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about the 0-2 teams here in just a moment, but as always on this podcast, we like to start with the positive. So I wanted to talk about the nine teams who have started 2-0, First, uh, before I start shitting on the New England Patriots, <laughs> like I said, nine teams have started 2-0. Uh, Baltimore, Dallas, Miami, San Francisco, Atlanta, New Orleans, Philly, Tampa, and Washington. Who is the most surprising
1: for you in that group? I mean, it's obviously Tampa. I easily could have pegged them at 0-2 at this point. And wouldn't have wouldn't have flinched we've talked about it before like baker mayfield with no expectations and pissed off is the only good version of baker mayfield but the second you expect anything of him like it all it all falls apart at that point to their credit like that team is playing really hard and there is some talent on that defense still and think they're just doing a lot of that like hey we're gonna muck this game up we're gonna drag you into the swamp and hopefully we can slow you down enough for the rest of the game that we can win it at the end and so far it's worked
0: yeah i I picked tampa as well i think that one's pretty obvious uh especially because our win range is on them where you had them at two and six or two to six and i had them at three to six so they're they're like already at the bottom of the range I was looking yeah. at it, though. I was doing the notes for the podcast and thinking that maybe we underrated Tampa Bay's roster talent a little bit. Because mm-hmm. just like looking at the dudes that they have out there, especially on defense, like you mentioned, there's a lot of guys left over from that Super Bowl. And like yeah. a lot of like really good players. Uh, Vita Veya, Shaq Barrett, Devin White, Levante David, Antoine Winfield. You know, offensively, Mike Evans is going to have a thousand yards again this season. It's just like death taxes and Mike Evans having a thousand yards. Um, Yeah. You know, he's done it for nine straight seasons already ever since he entered the league. And he had quietest
1: Hall of Famer in the world.
0: He had one hundred and seventy five against Chicago on Sunday and a touchdown. So it's just going to happen. Yeah. You know, but we were talking even last week about like, hey, if Tampa struggles, like, could he get traded somewhere else? And, you know, with how weak the perceived NFC South is. I don't it's know. Can they, open. can they compete? Like, yeah, well, seemingly open, but there's three, there's three two and O teams in that division. So, yeah,
1: it's three quarters wide open,
0: wide open, baby. So, yeah, I thought uh, Tampa was the obvious pick. Who is the least surprising in
1: that group to you? Philly, really, you know, you want to talk death taxes? Like, I that team winning games is never going to surprise me.
0: Yeah, the the least surprising to me is the Atlanta Falcons, baby. I knew we'd be here. Falcon up, found out <laughs> podcast listeners, let's go. Um, uh, I'm obviously, I'm I'm joking. The obvious answer here is Philly, San Francisco, yeah. Baltimore, like the teams we thought were going to be good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What I did want to say about the Falcons, though, is I was super impressed with them on Sunday against Green Bay because they are a run-first team, right? Like that's their whole identity is they have Bijan, they have this awesome offensive line, and they got down 24-12. to 12 near the end of the third quarter. So two score game. And they never gave up on the run. Yeah, they're down two scores in the fourth quarter and ran it 17 times in the fourth quarter with Bajan and Tyler Algier and Desmond Ritter. And it's just like, how many times have we seen these like run heavy teams get down early or late and just like completely abandon the thing that they're really good at? Pretty much every week. Like, we always see it. Like, I think about that Ravens team that was the number one overall seed in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Then the Titans come in and get like a two score lead early. And they're just like, oh, uh, but we got to, we have to catch up right away. We're going to throw the ball like 45 times. I was really impressed that Atlanta didn't do that because I think it would have been easy to like go into the fourth quarter and be like, we got to start chucking this thing. Yeah. They know who they are. They have an identity, and their identity is that they're going to run you over. And that even if you beat them, it's not going to be fun.
1: Yeah, obviously that the common thought is like, well, you're down multiple scores, like time is of the essence. You need to score quickly. But like, when you're talking about the middle of the third quarter, you have multiple possessions. And the biggest threat to you coming back is the other team having more possessions. So, like, as long as you are methodical and make sure you score on your possessions, like, you're controlling the game, you're giving your defense time to come up with a plan, like, it it can work, you just, you need to execute your plan. Yeah, I think Arthur Smith listens to
0: this podcast, because we just preach every year on this podcast, give the ball to your best player. Yeah. Their best player is a running back.
1: You know who doesn't listen to this podcast? Zach Taylor. I'm too. I was gonna say Matt Canada.
0: Yeah, Matt Canada too. <laughs> but uh have you watched Bajan Robinson play yet this season?
1: Uh not like a full game, but I've I've watched a bit of him. It is something to behold. <laughs> I, I've watched every snap. Because
0: I'm a huge Atlanta Falcons fan. Obviously, I just want you to mentally prepare yourself to watch him play your team this Sunday. I don't know if you guys are going to win or lose, but I <laughs> just going to tell you you are not going to have fun watching Beshawn Robinson play your team. He is stunningly incredible.
1: Yeah. He
0: is like, he might be the best running back in the league already. If Christian McCaffrey wasn't playing so well, I would tell you that he is. It, It's amazing how good he is so fast. I mean, uh, this was a tweet from NFL Rookie Watch on X talking about Bajan to acknowledge that X. <laughs> I saw like a tweet that said Elon Musk might start charging people for Twitter. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that doesn't matter to me because I use X. <laughs> you could charge people for Twitter all you want. I don't use that shit. Uh, anyway, the tweet from NFL Rookie Watch Robinson is currently second in rushing yards in the entire league, only behind CMC. He's second in the entire league in rushing first downs. He's first in the entire league in receptions for a running back. And he's second in the entire league in receiving yards for a running back, uh, which I think this was tweeted before Monday night. Jalen Warren passed him last night, the Steelers yeah. running back. But like, he's a yardage machine. Honestly, yeah. and just he's going to continue like he's just going to get better all season. And he's super fun to watch already. I he's on one of my fantasy teams and he had 17.3 points week one and then 19.7 points week two. And I'm like, those might be his two lowest scoring games of the season. <laughs> he's yeah, such I mean, he, a monster.
1: He is playing in an offensive system that is absolutely going to bolster his production. Right. Right not to take anything away from his capabilities, but like, I mean, we saw Derrick Henry run for over 2000 twice in that offense. So like mm-hmm. this is certainly going to help his production.
0: Well, he probably has a better offensive line than Derrick Henry ever had in those seasons too. So like Derrick
1: Henry didn't need an offensive line. He was the he, offensive Derrick line. Henry was. Yeah.
0: Oh, so, uh, Obvious answer to this question, though. It's like Dallas, Miami, San Francisco, Philly. Yeah, I do. For Dallas, I want to see them play a real team. Uh, yeah. They decimated the two New York teams, which just incredible.
1: Football <laughs> doesn't and it just, just
0: doesn't exist in New York. I love it. <laughs> uh, they decimate those two teams. They play the Cardinals this week, which is just like another. That defense is going to tee off on those guys uh they play my team the new england patriots next week again i'm fearful for mac jones life with how bad our offensive line has been
1: if you you guys had like what one starter playing on your offensive line in that game
0: we had like one starter and one backup <laughs> the
1: rest were like third string
0: guys but yeah so like what happens if you had like three starters <laughs> i don't know probably only lose by four
1: also like this has been eating at me Obviously, that last play, like, it was wild, crazy, right? Cole Strange one effort. But, like, everyone was like, oh, you know what? It just didn't get quite to that hash mark. It's not a first down. Did you see where the actual marker was on the sideline? Short of the hash mark. The justification for changing the call was incredibly flawed. <laughs>
0: Yes, but counterpoint. Can we throw the fucking ball beyond the first down marker? Like impossible. One time this impossible. season, impossible <laughs> on third or fourth. Like <laughs> one time, can we throw it more than three yards downfield? Yeah. Just I'm asking, just once on third and fourth down. I watched that some of that Dallas and New York game. Yeah, on Sunday afternoon, did you see that? Like Micah Parsons nearly decapitated Zach Wilson on a sack. Holy yeah. mother of God, he comes on a stunt and the New York Jets offensive line doesn't pick it up. And he goes right like you cannot let someone like Micah Parsons go right at your quarterback
1: completely right. unblocked. We knew that was kind of an issue for them coming into the year was the offensive line. You're telling me that Aaron Rodgers was gonna survive this. Man. I was kind of. I was watching
0: the game though, and I was thinking maybe the best case scenario for the Jets is that Michael Parsons decapitates Zach Wilson, and that they're forced to go get another quarterback because they're like, we're sticking with Zach. And I'm like, God, how long is that really going to last? That you're going to stick with Zach Wilson this season?
1: Uh, he was bad until the Vikings go like 0 and four, and they're like, here's Kirk Cousins, I guess.
0: Yeah, as someone who drafted Garrett Wilson in fantasy. And did not play him this past week because Zach Wilson's the quarterback. I would love it if they would get Kirk Cousins.
1: I mean, he still produced.
0: So he, did, he actually did. Uh, but the three wide receivers I played instead of yeah. him all actually produced more. <laughs> so, I mean, fa- yeah, fantasy points wise, kind of incredible. Yeah. Um, so any of are you concerned about any of like the big? two and O teams. I mean, I know like Washington and Tampa are probably like obvious answers for which two and O teams are you concerned about? But like, you know, what about the contenders that we're looking at?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've been pretty open about my questions about Dallas uh, and they haven't played anyone that has played solid football yet. uh, At least not for four quarters. The Giants only got it together against the Arizona Cardinals for like a quarter and a half. (laughs) It was a great comeback for them,
0: but man, I was so ready to come on this podcast and be like, yeah, the bears aren't the worst team in the league. The Giants are the worst team in the league. And then they have the big comeback and I have to save it for another week.
1: We've talked enough about the concerns that we both have about San Francisco, uh, it doesn't look like it's taken fruition. But we are also still very early in the year. Um,
0: yeah, but we agreed on San Fran though that their blood the talent can-
1: might not even matter though too. So yeah,
0: but like the blood loss for the Eagles was either going to like tear them apart or it was going to give them the sole focus of murdering everyone this season. <laughs> yep, it yeah, could be the latter.
1: The only other team. I would say is like Saints. Like now they're down to like what their third or fourth running back.
0: Luckily for them, Kamara comes back uh, after this week. He's got one more week suspension.
1: Well, that's another weapon. I still for him. got a block for him. So. That's <laughs> true.
0: that's true too. Uh, I watched them on Monday Night Football last night for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Saw my boy Olave have an incredible catch down the sideline. Yeah. Did you? How did you feel about the dual Monday night games going at the same time?
1: It was a bit too much. Did you? I actually liked it. As I like, I kind of was flipping back and forth a little bit. I I couldn't laser focus in on any game though. Like that was the problem. Did you want to last night though? Okay, imagine if either of the games were any good.
0: Yeah, just go to that one. But this is like I think the test case for next yeah. Monday because next Monday actually has two games again at 7:15 yeah. and 8:15 and it's Eagles Bucks and Rams Bengals so like kind of actually a little bit of fun there
1: i i would have loved for any kind of distraction during those games uh and like the the Pittsburgh Cleveland 3 hour first half absolutely absurd but like it was Especially as someone with like, yeah, you know, I don't have two TVs. It's just like, eh, it's it's a lot going on. I'm like, I'd rather just watch one good game than two shitty games.
0: <laughs> yes, well, always, but I kind of liked it. We'll see how the next week goes with two games that might potentially be better.
1: The yeah, thing, that, the thing I think that'll be a better witness test.
0: The thing I like about it is that, like, you know, you wait all day for a Sunday night. From what Carrie Underwood tells me, or like on Monday, it's like you have one Sunday night game and one Monday game, and if it sucks, you're just like stuck with that suck game. But if yeah. you have two, then there's a better chance that at least one of them will be good, and I, at least like <laughs> there, Pittsburgh and Cleveland was well, entertaining.
1: It was it was entertaining in a very dirty way, though. Like <laughs> there was so much. Like swap and mayhem in that game that it made it entertaining, but it was not good football.
0: No, but at least it was entertaining. The only thing I wanted to say about the contenders is that I'm actually slightly concerned about Philly uh, after two weeks. I talked in the preseason about how they lost both starting safeties and they lost two linebackers mm-hmm. uh, this past off season from the team that made the Super Bowl run. Their pass defense is 31st in the league. Through two games, and they've played Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins. I'm like you're gonna need to fix that if you want to get back to the Super Bowl. You cannot be giving up 300 plus yards well, to Mac Jones.
1: Look, look, like let's let's be fair here. Like Kirk is maybe not elite, but like Kirk does get on some heaters, and he he can certainly you know, fill the stat sheet and having Justin Jefferson really, really, really fucking helps.
0: It does, but it's not just that. It's like you text me after that Jordan Addison touchdown on Thursday where like he catches the ball and it's just like a horrible effort by the safety in general. So they they got some stuff they need to fix, but they are number one against the run so far. So uh, maybe not all bad there. On the flip side of the coin, there are also nine teams who have started 0-2, which is coincidentally the worst start you can get off to. Shopping. Those teams are the Pats, the Chargers, the Vikings, the Carolina Madcats, the Denver Broncos, the Cardinals, the Bengals, the Bears, and the Texans. Who are you most surprised is 0-2?
1: It's obviously Cincinnati, although I think there are some contributing factors there. We saw them start really slow last year when Burrow, uh, you know, missed some time. And, yeah, they eventually, like, got it figured out and all that. But he missed more time this year during camp. And now it sounds like he really wasn't playing Philly healthy anyways. And <laughs> – who knows uh if that's gonna translate to him missing more time or not, but like really need that to get sorted out very quickly because that division is not going to be kind to being in an 03 or 04 hole. I'm actually not
0: super worried about the Bengals. You know, and maybe this is like the wrong way to think about it, but I'm like, yeah, we've seen this movie before. Burrow misses time in training camp. They start slow. Like they started 0 2 last season and then went twelve and two the rest of the way. Uh they had one game get canceled, so they ended up being like twelve and four. I know it's it's a little bit worse this season, seemingly, but I think if they pick up this win against the Rams on Monday night, nah. then nobody's really worried about it. But like I think not- that's that's not a really a foregone huge... conclusion.
1: No, it's far from a foregone conclusion. If they start zero three in that division, eh, you are your best case scenario is getting like probably the six or seven seed because you're gonna you're gonna drop some division games later in this year. Like it, it's not like an indictment on them. It's just that division is brutal and like. Also, I I think that we're kind of only seeing like the beginnings of what Baltimore can be. They they're in a all new offense. Uh they're down a million people again, but like they had to come up with some creative solutions on the defensive side of the ball because they had to cover some incredibly difficult wide receivers to cover. And like the fact that they were able to manage that in that situation, like that's going to be a real tough team to beat for them later in this year.
0: My thing on Cincinnati is like just take a page out of Arthur Smith's book, listen to the podcast, get the ball to your best player, give Jamar Chase the ball. He has 10 catches through two games. Unacceptable. He's got 70 yards so far this season, no touchdowns. And I'm not just saying this because he's on my fantasy team, but it is unacceptable. Get that man the ball. My guess is that they feed him on Monday night and that they get right against uh, what's actually like a pretty tough Rams team all of a sudden. And if they can avoid getting yeah. poop nuked, then, you know, nobody really avoids the poop yeah. nuke. You just got to try to survive it like San Francisco yeah. did this week.
1: Well, I mean, he had eight targets on Sunday and like they were isolating him to try to get him in one-on-one against Baltimore and it just it wasn't working it just didn't work because Baltimore had a good plan that's the thing like
0: if it's not working though you got to manufacture touches for this guy Whereas like the little shovel pass or the like give him you know, a screen, a slant, like get
1: him the damn ball. Yeah, that that feels like one of it. the last teams I want to try the to Trixie stuff against, though. You know, doesn't,
0: doesn't even have to be a trick. Like throw him a screen, give him something. Like he, the yeah. more that Jamar Chase has the ball in his hands, the better chance you have of scoring points. Yeah, like it just is a fact. I said the team that I'm most surprised by is the Chargers. I think it makes a little bit of sense with their schedule. Like they play Miami, yeah. who's good. They go on the road to Tennessee and lose that game, but. Uh, I do think that Brandon Staley's seat is starting to get hot in LA. It should be. Uh, I am ready to say that I was wrong about Brandon Staley. I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, man, because he was such a hot coordinator coming out of the Rams system. Staley's so
1: hot right now.
0: He's so hot. And it it's just hard, I think, when you have a coordinator who is under a very good head coach like Sean McVay when you hire him it's like okay am i getting mike mcdaniels or am i getting josh mcdaniel yeah like am i getting mcdaniels or mcdaniels and you kind of don't know what you're getting and i think it turns out that brandon staley is closer to josh mcdaniel than he is to mike mcdaniels so that sucks um i'm not surprised about the patriots being 0-2 to be honest like
1: yeah with their schedule that's Kind of be expected. And yeah. You, you add in the injuries.
0: I just kind of think they're a mediocre football team right now. I think about that Dwight Schrute quote from The Office where he's like, you know, don't be an idiot. He's like, whenever I'm going to make a decision, I think about if it's something an idiot would do. And if it is, I don't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, I just kind of feel like the Patriots last season and this season are like, is that something a good team would do? Cause if it is, we're not going to do it. Like, yeah. they, Turnovers, bad penalties at the wrong times. That if the Patriots get a holding penalty, it's basically a punt at this like if we have to go first and 20, yeah. we we might as well just punt it away.
1: Like what we have seen and had confirmed from like what we saw his rookie year and even back at Alabama is like Mac is really capable and comfortable in like a no-huddle offense. He's very good in those scenarios but that doesn't work if a your offensive line can't hold up or B you don't have a guy who can just you know break a tackle and make a play or just a total burner that like really messes up the coverage or if you don't have the pass protection and you don't have any playmakers. Like you can survive one of those, not both. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't really think Max it
0: for us in the NFL. Like he's good, he's fine. He's kind of average quarterback in the NFL. He's not a ceiling raiser. And
1: well, if you, there's like five of those.
0: I mean, if you really want to compete with Mac Jones, though, you really have to build around him and give him yeah weapons like he had at Alabama, where like they're you know doesn't have to be that good, but like. Their weapons in Alabama were incredible.
1: It it needs to be significantly better than what it is right it,
0: now. Yeah, it's gotta be better than what it is.
1: Even if you guys just had Zay. This I is think the thing that, is that like, would fundamentally change your offense.
0: Zay Flowers was sitting there. We went defense and like Christian Gonzalez has been very good so far. So I'm not mad about the pick. I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, this offense is just gonna be kind of meh this season. Yep. And you can't be meh and make critical mistakes and beat good teams like Miami and yeah. Philly. Just not going to happen. So
1: I mean, the only way that works is if your defense plays like Pittsburgh's did last night, like every week, Yeah, they have to put up points.
0: I also just wanted to say, I think the Vikings are going to go four and 13 this season and be 0 and 11 in one score games. They're 0 and 2. And one score games to start the season after going eleven and zero last season, yeah, you must regress to the mean. Regression comes for all of us. It is dragging the Vikings down, kicking and screaming. The Vikings play the Chargers this week. Two zero and zero, two zero and two teams. One will be zero three. Uh, you could tell me that literally anything would happen in the Vikings and Chargers game. In any Vikings and Chargers game. And I would believe you. They're
1: so going to tie.
0: I think the most chargers Vikings thing that could possibly happen is that like the chargers are up by 24 and then the Vikings come all the way back and go up a score, but then blow it at the last minute. And then they just tie. And it's like, ah, <laughs> perfectly balanced as all things should be. <laughs> the Vikings viked and the chargers charged. Let's get to the real reason we're doing this segment. Yeah. Uh, what team are you least surprised that's 0-2? He said, knowing the answer. So we all know that this answer is going to be Arizona Cardinals. However, oh, that wasn't my answer. Really? I, I mean, just from like an on-the-field product perspective, I think it's the Chicago Bears. <laughs> the Chicago
1: oh, Bears are so yeah. bad. No, I'm I'm just talking about from like what I expected preseason. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so like. I think that the Chicago Bears are as of right now based on what they've done on the field, the worst team in the NFL and it's not close. Um but based on like what we expected before the season started, uh yeah, like the least surprising for me is the Cardinals. But I I do I do want to like give some like serious credit here. They have played real fucking hard those players in that locker room are bought in with that coach uh
0: did you you see that Buddha baker is on ir now yeah i feel like the whole arizona cardinals organization saw how hard they were playing and they were like okay (laughs) fuck this we're gonna win too many games we got to do something about it
1: yeah yeah it it's it's nice to see that even though the organization is actively trying to tank, like, uh, you know, those guys are still going out there, and they're like, they're not just fighting; like they've had a legitimate chance to win both of these first two weeks of the season.
0: They brought in Josh Jobs like two two days before the season started, and they're like, yeah. "You're our starting quarterback. Have fun!" And he's like, "Watch this." amazing 28-yard <laughs> touchdown run.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Get Arizona. Yeah, so I watched the entire Bears versus Bucks game on oh, Sunday.
1: God, why?
0: Yeah, I didn't mean to, but <laughs> it was like watching the slow-motion replay of Nick Chubb's leg snapping into a million pieces. I, but I every couldn't play. <laughs> I couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> it's just, I was like, I can't stop watching this game. Like, the Lions and the Seahawks are on. I was way more interested in that. I was way more interested in Kansas City versus Jacksonville. I ended up watching Chicago versus Tampa. I spent like four hours of my Sunday watching this game. Chicago is by far the worst watch in the NFL right now. I have zero idea what Luke Getzey is doing, their offensive coordinator. You had one thing that worked last season, and that was Justin Fields running the ball. And what you decided to do this offseason is to completely take out the one thing that worked from your offense and focus on all of the things that don't work, like having Justin Fields be a pocket quarterback. Like, Justin Fields, one, has no idea what he's looking at. No idea. There was multiple times on Sunday where Bears wide receivers were streaking wide open to the end zone, and he missed them. But, like, also the play design of the Chicago bears is the worst I have seen this season. And maybe the worst in multiple seasons, there was multiple plays on Sunday where two wide receivers were running the same route or the same concept in the same area of the field. Yep. Like, so the design's bad. You're not doing the one thing you're good at. And you have a quarterback who can't read a defense.
1: I, I still don't know if I even necessarily like, believe that justin fields isn't seeing these guys i just watching him play it really feels like he's just afraid to let the ball rip and that was my biggest concern about him when he was coming out in the draft is like the dude waits until everyone is open before he lets it go and it feels like he's gotten worse at that, which I didn't really think was possible. They're like, good God did. I, I don't know how, how you watch what he's done this year. And don't think like this guy has gone backwards from when he came into the NFL.
0: They need to let him run the ball. Yeah. They need to put the design quarterback runs back into the offense. He ran the ball four times for three yards on Sunday, how yeah. is that acceptable that a dude who was top 10 in rushing last season ran the ball four times on Sunday? Yeah, like they they have to free Justin Fields. I'm going to make free Justin Fields t-shirts uh, and we'll oh, put them in the, the store.
1: only way you're going to get rid of them is if they're free.
0: That's I'm going to make it's going <laughs> to say free Justin Fields and it's going to have a completely different meaning this season than it will two years from now when the Bears are trying to trade him. <laughs> free Justin Fields defensively they're just going to be the team that you start all your fantasy players when they're playing the Bears this season just do it I started Mike Evans on Sunday it was awesome their defense is atrocious but
1: I came into this year thinking like they're going to be a bad team but they're not going to be bad enough to be getting one of those quarterback draft slots I mean, unless we see some dramatic changes, it's hard for me to not see them picking top two.
0: Agreed. Um. So real quick, give me one name. Which one of these teams bounces back from 0-2, or who's the most likely to bounce back from 0-2 to make the playoffs?
1: I'll be a little spicy. I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Hey, they've they've got a little bit easier schedule ahead of them than what they've had that they, it'll give them a chance to kind of get rolling a little bit the thing that is kind of like making me give them that edge over Cincinnati is just like their division is less of a meat grinder <laughs> than the AFC North um uh, If Cincinnati bounced back and ended up making the playoffs or even winning the division, I would be like, never doubting Joe Burrow ever again, but I believe it, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to go chalk and go Cincinnati. They're my Super Bowl pick, so if they... You have to. Yeah, if they don't beat the Rams on Monday and they get pook nuked, then we're going to be having a much different conversation next week, but uh, I think they do bounce back. Speaking of Nuke, real quick, Nakua, fifth-round wide receiver for the Rams, uh, yeah. not only set the record for most catches by a rookie in a game on Sunday with 15, he's also set the record for yeah. most catches through two career games for any player ever with 25.
1: He's on pace for something crazy like 228 or something like that. Yeah, See? I
0: him and Kyron Williams kind of have like league winner fantasy potential written all over them. I think yeah. things will change a little bit if Cooper cup comes back, but I don't think that that's promised. Anytime you have to go see a specialist about an injury, like a specialist in a different state. I'm very concerned about that hamstring, but
1: yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Two, two, I been really, really good as well. Um, to a lesser degree than poop nuke, but uh, you know, a guy who was a little bit maligned, uh, coming out in the draft because of his size. Uh, you know, good for him on um, kind of putting his stamp this year.
0: Yeah, they're they've been fun to watch, but uh, last thing before we go, we picked the bills for the eliminator pool last week, the yeah. bills demolish Vegas. A uh, big bounce back performance for Josh Allen, who's apparently a big fan of the podcast because did literally every single thing we said we wanted to see him do. Yeah. Uh, James Cook, huge breakout game. Uh, awesome to see that as well. They demolished Vegas 38 to 10. So we are on to week three. Mm-hmm. Only 49,000 contestants remain in the pool. 13% were eliminated last week. With the Detroit Lions being the most popular incorrect pick at five point seven three percent, the Giants are a
1: risky pick this early in the year.
0: Uh, I this is why we have the rules. We don't go. You don't. You Jeez. get the best
1: team you can against the worst team, and like people were really. It's people being out on Geno, is what it is, and it's like, watch the tape, dude. Because, <laughs> yeah, I think like the the hype train for the lions
0: just kind of got out of control after the Kansas city win. And then the Rams punk Seattle week one. And like, yeah, you know, if you're really into football and like a big football fan, it's like kind of an obvious bounce back spot for Seattle Yep, to at least be very competitive. And like, I'm not taking coin flip games in week two of an eliminator pool. Yeah. Right. So, uh, giants just barely the giants like had 22% of the pool pick them. And almost eliminated like a quarter more of the people. There was so close. Damn it. Arizona couldn't hold on. So we got to make the pick for this week. Uh, Last week, I thought like the Bills over the Raiders was the pretty obvious option. Yeah. This week, we actually have a lot of good options. So I'll give them to you and then you can let me know which one you think. Uh, We have San Francisco at home on Thursday against the Giants. Very likely that Saquon Barkley does not play. Mm -hmm. Dolphins at home for the Broncos the Jags at home for the Texans Kansas City at home for the Bears and then the Dallas Cowboys go to Arizona later on Sunday I think you already know my pick (laughs) I feel like you're going to go Casey over the Bears yep I was leaning towards San Francisco at home against the Giants Thursday night but it's a Thursday (laughs) it's it's we have God. rules. I know. I know. Yeah, follow the damn rules. So uh, we will. We'll roll with Kansas City 425 home game against the Bears on Sunday. I fully expect Patrick Mahomes to have about 500 passing yards. Yeah. So we'll pick you another week. San Francisco, we'll be back for you. <laughs> but that is it for us. As always, Foul duck can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at fouled out sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at matador underscore defense, and you can watch our videos on TikTok at fouled out sports podcast. Long name, but you can't miss it. Matt. Absolutely lit schedule for college football this weekend. Oh yeah. Florida state plays Clemson at noon. And then we jump into six ranked on ranked games. Ole in and Alabama, Colorado and Oregon. UCLA and Utah Oregon State and Washington State like there's three Pac-12 games that are two undefeated ranked teams playing each other yeah beautiful uh Iowa Penn State and then to cap it all off Ohio State goes to Notre Dame I am picking Notre Dame to win that game calling it now on the podcast I think Sam Hartman is legit I like the way he looks in that Irish offense followed by another great week of NFL football it is yeah. A wonderful time. This made, like this is the best man. Football season's back in full swing. Got an awesome Saturday followed up by another great Sunday.
1: Yeah, it, I'm I'm excited. I did. Just, it it almost doesn't feel real that football's here. Yeah, like it's still new, right? It's like new,
0: but at the same time, after next week, we're gonna be like a third of the way through the college football regular season. Yeah teams would they play like 12 games right so yeah yeah, yeah. literally so That'd teams will cool have played
1: quarter, th- a quarter yeah
0: teams will have played four games and then you're, you know we got yeah. bowls and playoffs yeah. and all that stuff which is really the best part but uh yeah man it it comes it seems like it takes forever then it gets here and it's just like ah so happy that it's here and it just goes so fast like all of a sudden yeah. we're doing like who's your mvp at the quarter poll <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> god damn it so i want you to stay forever football you can really tell that I won in fantasy football this week because if I hadn't, I'd be sitting here <laughs> like, this is a stupid sport.
1: I hate this game. Why do we throw an oblong ball to each other? It doesn't yeah. make sense. I just, it, man, I just got to say, it feels really good when you have a defense that scores like 26 points. Dude, I had, I had a kicker score
0: 18 this weekend. Can't beat yeah. that. I. The best feeling, I think, in fantasy football is going into the Monday night game, having the win secured, and you're like, I could just enjoy this Monday night football game yeah. or both of them some weeks for some reason. <laughs> Don't really understand why. Uh, if you guys, you know, Matt and I will be back next Wednesday to talk about week three of the NFL season. Uh, if you want more football content in the meantime, again, go check out our friends at Certified Beef matt was on the podcast two weeks ago that one is available on apple Podcasts and spotify they had another good one come out this week and they're giving you guys gambling picks to help you every weekend so
1: yeah check them out when in doubt blame canada
0: yeah both matt and regular yeah so (laughs) all right my friend i will see you next week bye guys bye guys bye